Let us pray. Holy and loving God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So friends, let us listen together for the word of God. From the gospel according to Mark. Jesus went on with his disciples to the villages of Caesarea Philippi, and on the way, he asked his disciples, who do people say that I am? And they answered him, John the Baptist, and others still, Elijah, and still others, one of the prophets. But he said to them, who do you say that I am? Peter answered him, you are the Messiah. And he sternly ordered them not to tell anyone about him. Then he began to teach them that the Son of Man must undergo great suffering and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests and the scribes, and be killed, and after three days rise again. He said all this quite openly, and Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But turning and looking at his disciples, he rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan! For you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. He called the crowd with his disciples and said to them, If any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it. And those who lose their life for my sake and for the sake of the gospel will save it. For what will it profit them to gain the whole world and forfeit their life? Indeed, what can they give in return for their life? May God add a blessing to the reading and the hearing of God's holy word. So friends, you who are gathered here in person in this room, thanks be to God, you are all here. So good to be together. You made an uncommon choice. What did you give up that you might have done instead? You might have slept in. You might have sporting events that you could have attended. You might like to sip tea and do the crossword puzzle or Sudoku. You might like to garden. Someone's nodding in the back. What would you have been doing? You might have all kinds of things, so many demands on our attention, but we chose to come together, to be together in this room, in person, and to open these ancient texts and to listen for what kind of message, what kind of support and encouragement we might find inside. And I'm guessing that when you came, you might have been hoping for a mantra that might have carried you through your week, and you were probably not expecting... Get behind me, Satan. This is raw, unfiltered, unedited, unredacted Jesus. I think it's absolutely certain that Jesus did say to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. Because I don't think that's something that any one of the gospel writers would have made up. And I don't think that's anything that as stories are told and retold and retold. That's not something that could have been lost in translation. I think Jesus actually said these words, and I think he really meant them. And so I think we should, as hard as it might be, really look at them today. 
So, I don't want to imagine that you just came not expecting these words because your hearts were light and you came skipping into church because everything is happy and wonderful, as beautiful as it is outside. I don't think we've all come together in a silly, haphazard, lighthearted way. I think we've all come together with a lot of heaviness on our hearts, especially after the 20th anniversary acknowledged yesterday all over town, and this afternoon on the outside the museum, outside the historic museum, an acknowledgement of the loss, the horrible loss of life and the attacks on this country 20 years ago. None of us could forget where we were that day, and none of us will be the same. And all of the loss of life and the war on terror that ensued, all of the heartache that has followed. Even with this beautiful sunshine, our hearts are heavy. So I think we came with an acknowledgement of just how hard things are right now. I have a friend who's a therapist, and she said this phrase to me, and it's really stuck with me. She said, it is so grueling being a human being right now. It's grueling to enter another program year wearing masks. People have decision fatigue about where they will go and what they will do and how they will keep each other safe. It's hard to plan things that you might have to cancel, and it's grueling to grieve all that has been lost over the last year, all the events that didn't happen, all of the excitement deferred, years that we won't get back. It's grueling. So I think we need unfiltered Jesus today because there is a kind of true joy, and I don't know why this is, it's a mystery, but it's a fact that there is a true joy which can only be found on the other side of taking up your cross. Jesus says to his followers, take up your cross and follow me. We have to face hard truths, and everyone has a cross they have to bear. And it's amazing to me how often no one knows the cross that you yourself are bearing because you don't tell anyone about it. It might be a parent with a child who needs special advocacy for medical reasons or has special needs and you're fighting with a school. It might be that your marriage is in trouble and you wouldn't want to tell anyone about it. It might be that you are recovering from an addiction And that recovery is the cross that you have to bear. And if you were to ignore your cross as you go down your metaphorical journey of life, if you were to pretend that your cross wasn't there, it would keep you stuck on your path. The only way to move forward is to acknowledge that grief and that pain and pick it up and move forward. I was listening to a podcast that I really love called Typology. The host is Ian Cron, and he was interviewing a woman who's a theologian, K.J. Ramsey. She was diagnosed with an autoimmune condition when she was 20, and every day of her life since then had involved some amount of pain and suffering. And in her book called This Too Shall Last, she wrestles with the question of suffering. And this is the conversation that Ian Cron and K.J. Ramsey had. 
Ian quoted the Buddha. He said, praise and blame, gain and loss, pleasure and sorrow, come and go like the wind. To be happy, rest like a giant tree in the midst of them all. I wonder if you can see some of the leaves on the trees out of these windows. And I wonder if you can see the wind moving the branches. K.J. Ramsey responded with this story. She said she was learning about the biosphere, biosphere two. They created, scientists in the deserts of Arizona created a pristine, perfect environment to see what it might be like if human beings tried to set up a colony of Earth on another planet one day, just to learn about what it would be like. They called it Biosphere 2, because the Earth is Biosphere 1. So perfectly pristine, they tried to make this perfect environment, and they planted trees, which to everyone's surprise, grew much faster and much taller than the trees that we are used to in Biosphere 1. They didn't know what was happening, but they grew so fast, and then suddenly they started to fall over. They would just topple right down. And they realized that what they had forgotten to account for when they made this biosphere was the wind. Without the wind moving the branches of the trees around, the roots also didn't move and sink down deep into the soil. So these tall trees had shallow roots that could not sustain them, and they fell. And I love that wind in our scriptures is the breath of God, the spirit of God that is breathed into you. But it's hard. Wind comes with storms and with change, and we don't like the storms and we don't like the change. We resist it. But without the struggle, we don't get stronger. Without the wind, we can't sink our roots down deep. I think it's Exactly like this for each of us as individuals, and it's absolutely like this as a community, as a church community. We are facing change this year as we prepare for David's retirement. And if we were to ignore the grief that comes along with preparing to say goodbye to someone who's been a pastor here for 38 years, we would have ourselves just be stuck. It would be denial. It would be abandoning the work that we have to do as a congregation. We have to let these winds of change blow through, and we have to do this well. And I was telling David this story that I'd heard from the podcast, and he told me that redwoods grow taller than any other trees, and they do not have deep roots. You might be amazed to know that the reason redwoods don't topple over is because their root system is intertwined with the trees around them. They stand tall because their roots are clinging to their community. So I think one of the messages for us today is that we need to individually be rooted and grounded in love, as it says in the scriptures, and we need to strengthen our relationships as a community, not just with each other, but as this community with our community partners, with our sistership with First Baptist, with Operation Hope, with our work with Siri, with Make the Road, Operation Hope, Mercy Learning Center, the more connected we are to our community, the more grounded and the stronger we will be, and we will not topple over. I know we won't topple over, but I also know that this year is going to be about a lot of hard work as we strengthen ourselves. David always says it annoys him when people say, that's Spollett's church. 
He says, no, that is not my church. It's the church of Jesus Christ, and it is all of our church, and it's a good year to remember. I love the imagery of a transitional minister, an interim minister, and all of us, myself included, are interim. We are all transitional. We are all helping to shepherd a congregation for a time and keep it strong, but the message is the message of Jesus So I don't know why it is that what Jesus says is true. It's a mystery. Those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake and for the sake of the gospel will find it. This is all a mystery to me, but I know it's true. We cannot deny our cross, our tree. We have to take it with us. And I think maybe part of the reason that we become more loving in the process is that it's in our suffering that God comes closest to us. I heard this song again. I think it's a favorite. Whom shall I send? Here I am, Lord. Is it I, Lord? And I had never paid so much attention to this verse, which is God speaking. I, the Lord of snow and rain, I have borne my people's pain. I have wept for love of them. They turn away. I will break their hearts of stone, give them hearts for love alone. I will speak my word to them, whom shall I send? The joy that only comes from acceptance and allowing for change, engaging in the struggle and picking up our cross and moving forward happens alongside God and following Jesus. Jesus says to his friend, get behind me, Satan, because he knows that it's the impulse to ignore or deny or deflect or avoid, that he's getting behind him, and then he moves forward, and we, as followers of Jesus, follow in his way. Your cross, when you bear it, is not suffering for the sake of suffering, but somehow it's suffering for the sake of increasing more joy in the world. So may we go forward with resilience and strength. May our roots go down deep. And with God's help, may it be so. Amen.